What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is This is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And I'm not alone, as usual, especially for round two. I've got, I've got Dr. Rob Robert Stinson. That's his full like medical name, Dr. Rob Robert Stinson. I said Rob Robert. My uh, my parents weren't very creative when it when it came to middle names, so uh, Rob Robert's what I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Roberto Robert Stinsonian. <laughs> and that other voice you're hearing is the lovely and talented William Martin. Wilson, but thanks. Wilson, uh, yeah. Or, or you as, know, I was uh, about to ask you that. I was like, it's not William, is it? That's weird. It's uh, yeah, it's Wilson. But you, but you just went ahead Will. and said it. So, or as uh, put it up as Mark Griffin put out uh, yesterday, uh, he's also known around the wrestling community as Ill Will Martin. Yeah, man, I like that. That's cool. Man. I heard that. I was like, Ill dude, Will. I've never been called that by like you know, a third party. I'll call myself that, like ironically, and people just roll their eyes. But coming from him, man, that that feels valid. Oh yeah, no yeah. Doubt. It felt it felt legit when he said it. I was like, all right, that's. I think that could stick. Uh, welcome, John Blade, and welcome anybody else that I missed. But uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We're uh, we're just hanging out. It's the uh, it's the normal. It's this NWA after dark. It's uh, the after show, and and then later the after after show, the, and and the show that it's all after does not currently exist. But it will. It will again one day. And when it does, we'll be here waiting. And uh, I see Ringside Rant already acknowledging if you're watching us live on YouTube right now or later, then you'll notice we've got fancy new backgrounds. Look at these guys. Uh, that is uh, courtesy of Will Martin. Uh, he, he did a lovely job here and uh, made made some like coherent vision for this whole thing. And we almost look we almost look professional, Will. Thank you. For I, know, I, thought, I thought it was time we buttoned things up a little bit. You know, start. We even all have like custom emojis. I got a thesaurus over here just in case. Yeah, I, I don't like it. Uh, next thing you know, you'll <laughs> have a starting on time and stuff and being all formal. Yeah, I'm sending the uniform. This is, uh, this is step one towards communism, like <laughs> podcast communism. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't so. be the first person to call me a communist. So. There you go. There you go. I'd be the second. The first was Rob. Yeah, Rob was the first. <laughs> uh, I also love that we're all wearing black. And uh, though both of you technically have, uh, Rob's wearing a podcast repping t-shirt. Will's got the Carnyland t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I should have said that. Yeah, at or it's uh, thenwapod.com. You know, I you got to get it while it's hot. It's like a week left for the prices as low as they are right now. So you got to get them. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. I'm I'm calling Friday as the last day for uh, for this pricing. So uh, get them get them between now and Friday. Make sure you get your orders in because it's going to go go to regular price. Can't last forever. Yeah, true. Bad news is, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll go to regular price. Good news is, we will be coming out with new merchandise here uh in the near future some gravy cake merchandise some bearded trio stuff some uh stickers uh signature rob stinson bandanas all kind of stuff man we got it some yeah, of those uh, things yeah 
some of those things. WWE front row in the uh, chat mentioned uh, matching track suits. I'm oh, down with that. I think that would work. All right. <laughs> we'll just uh, really get down on this. But yes, hashtag gravy cake. Looking forward to that merchandise. Uh, today, yeah, folks, we are going to talk. Used a uh, uh, Manscaped merchandise from Gary. <laughs> I got my used Manscaped. Shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday. It's not that it's used. It's just I gave you my lucky pubes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, here I'm we glad, are. I'm glad my wife just popped in for a second. Yeah, yeah, probably better. Uh, why? She never mind. I <laughs> I just have nothing to say to that. Uh, Kevin Kevin Ostring is in the chat. Welcome, sir. His favorite match is uh, Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm in the first episode. That's also Ryan Romano's number one. Well, you guys stick around because for those of you who don't know, we're going to be talking tonight about the top five NWA power matches of all time, which it sounds like like there's some like epic legacy of like 30 years of NWA power, but there's not. There's only like technically 21 episodes we pulled from no pay-per-views just from power we did count superpower so uh if you guys have uh opinions we want to hear them we had ours and we did this very scientifically but we'll get into that was there anything we we're going to talk about beforehand before we jump into that well did Man, we want to talk I, about the drawing I, or any of that stuff the what now no you go ahead sorry you, you were say, shaking I mean, your head you had something on your mind no, I mean, I know I'm the news guy. That's kind of my gimmick. But, man, there's, like, nothing newsworthy to talk about. You know? Yeah. Unless people it in the chat got that something. Way. I don't know. I mean, I know, you know, I'm just not that interested in anything that's going on, I guess. I mean, Extreme Rules is coming up on Sunday. I mean, so, I, I don't know. Unless anybody in the chat has anything they want to talk about news-wise. For those who just tune, tune in, I would just say uh, nothing new, but – Please pay attention to, we were speaking about this earlier, pay attention to Adam Pierce's channel and some of the stuff that J-Cow is tweeting out. Lots of uh, really great uh, NWA content from the Seven Levels of Hate era and then the tournament afterwards. J-Cow just put that out just a, just literally just a few minutes ago. Uh, so there's there's stuff coming out that's just really, really timeless, uh, important stuff for, for us to watch and digest and really study if we want to know about um, about good classic NWA wrestling. That is true. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely check that stuff out. I can't wait to watch the seven levels of hate stuff. Uh, I saw that Pierce had put out that his favorite match uh, was, I believe it was night three, and it was an I Quit match. But uh, yeah, we got to work something out with uh, where we can like watch all of those because I, I admittedly don't have um, much of a, a relationship with Adam Pierce, like as far as consuming his his matches so i'm interested oh. in getting to know his career better and uh and honestly same with colt cabana because colt cabana like he you know I, I just know him from the power era i don't really know him from his previous time well evidently by all accounts adam pierce is a great guy we have asked invited him to uh to appear on piper's notes before and he replied very graciously that he would love to do it but his media appearances have to come through the wwe he sent me the contact information, and I, I sent that off and have not heard back yet. We have been kind of conversing through private messaging the last few days, just over seven levels of hate and some of that stuff. And 
I know that Jay Cal's got a relationship with them. So hopefully, eventually, uh, you know, something can be worked out where we can have a dialogue together, the three of us, or or Jay Cal and him, or he and Piper, or whoever. But he's uh, one of the greats, man, and he is a uh, he on a list of any 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 list of great NWA or at least important NWA champions. Pierce has got to be on that list. Totally agree with that. And uh, Jay Cal, just for what it's worth, is in the chat saying the discussion on the power matches begins and ends with Tim Storm versus Jack Stane. Storyline continuity from one era to the next. I can assure you that that will be discussed uh, here in a bit. Um, Dr. Red Tyler is in the chat, so that's good to see him. Uh, the, the other doctor, as he's being referred to in the chat. Uh, I don't know if he has a legit PhD. Uh, Stinson does. But, uh, you know, don't trust Dr. Red Tyler. I just will say it every time. Um, all right. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, we'll just jump right into this thing. How about that? We'll just start talking about what our top five matches from NWA Power were. And then after that, we can jump into the after after show with the chat room and talk about whatever you guys want to, uh, just like we always do. Just up front, we'd like to uh, ask you, if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. And uh, follow us on all the social medias at the NWA pod. That just helps us get in front of more people. And that always uh, helps us out. So uh, hey, hey, Gary, uh, before you go into the list, do you want to give them a little insight into the, 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 the system that we use to determine our, our official five list? So they, it's not something we just scrounge together. That's, there was some scientific thought that went into this, uh, into the list. And not everybody's going to agree. And we all have, you know, I've got, 14 or 15 matches on my list that I had to narrow down to five. So we all have some honorable mentions that could very well have appeared on there. Um, but I don't know if you wanted to say a word about the, the system that we use to come up with our five. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Have to, yeah. yeah, I was about to. Um, the, the thing is with it, just to give you guys an idea of how this all happened. Um, and I still have this, uh, idea that at some point we'll even gather fan information to do the same exact thing with fan input. But what we did as the three of us, the way that we came up with the NWA pod official top five matches from NWA power is will Robert and I all got together. Well, separately came up with what our top five matches were on our own, just individually. And, um, and I got to tell you, that part was hard enough for me. I was the last one. It felt like I was having to pick which kids I liked best. It, uh, it really sucked to do. But I did it. And we all came together and we gave our top five. Now, what we did then is we awarded point value to each placement in our top five. So, easy enough. We just said, if you're in the fifth position, that's one point. If you're in the number one position, that's five points. And then we added all of the matches points together. And so that's the scientific way we came up with our actual top five. Whoever had the highest amount of points at the end, that is the number one match this evening and so on. So I think it's uh, simple enough, easy to understand, but that's how we came up with it. But of course we understand this is our, our picks for uh, NWA Power's top five matches of all time. We all agreed to accept that as the community, well, our community um, choices. Does that, does that sound right, guys? Yeah. Anything else and this to is, add this to is that? Strictly NWA power. This is not from Into the Fire or the Crockett Cup or 
any other pay-per-view or from any other era of the NWA uh, prior to that. You're not going to find empty arena stuff on there like the Josephus uh, thing. Um, this is strictly NWA power. Um, so uh, you'll, you'll you, you, Josephus is one that he's a guy that I really, really like. He's one of my favorites. I know people have mixed opinions about him. So some of you might be surprised that he's not on here, but his prominence has not been in the power era. You know, he was really in the title picture right before power began, definitely during the, uh, the uh, uh, 10 pounds of gold documentary series. Um, uh, so you, you won't find his name in this list, but that's not to say that he's not had some great matches in the past and is worried, worthy in a, in a top list uh, in the NWO overall. But <clears throat> this was relegated just to the power era. Uh, so that's kind of a, a qualification also. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you guys want, I'm going to try this out. And I don't have this for everyone because I slacked. I, I'm a slack ass. But uh, – I think we'll also I think what we'll do is hit our first uh our first two then maybe do some honorable mentions if you guys want to or whatever we can choose whenever to do that I know Rob's got some I think Will has some he wants to bring up and then we can hit the top three or something like that um hey we look professional we're not all the way professional yet so just uh we're working on it um all right and so let's see how this works out I'm gonna hit to share my screen here and show you Wow. All right. Now we got it. Number five. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Ricky Starks versus Nick Aldis. This was a TV time limit match is uh, what this one was. This was uh, on episode. Uh, it was episode. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. <laughs> This is on episode 13 of NWA Power. These two went at it. They only had the uh, the 6.05 time limit. And uh, it, it was one I struggled with. It actually didn't even make my personal list. But it was pretty in a pretty decent spot for uh, Dr. Stinson. Uh, Stinson, why don't you tell us a little bit about why it ended up there? Because I don't think it actually made Will and I's list. Although I was close a couple of times. I think that uh, for one, I think this is a, this is sort of like a uh, on, on a smaller scale. This is, reminds me a lot of a Ric Flair sting encounter with Nick Aldis is using his stature to elevate a uh, an up and coming uh, uh, soon to be superstar that he has the highest regard for. Um, this match goes to the time limit draw, and 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 Starks has been in several great matches, and he's actually on my list a number of times. Uh, but this was my highest-rated match of his, even more so than his uh, his TV title victory, and, uh, which wasn't on power, but his TV title match with Zicky Dice, which I think made a couple of other lists. But to me, this is just a great clinic, very scientific match. Master student Nick Aldis uh, regards um, Ricky Stark so highly that he called him his number one prospect. And so to see... Uh, master and student in the ring and go the time limit. I think this is really a historic, very, very important match for, for putting Starks on the, on the map in a way that he hadn't quite been yet. I mean, not to say he wasn't on the map, don't get me wrong, because he had been, but this really uh, only spoke uh, wonders and, and volumes about Starks's ability to go the distance with the champ. And I've seen the questions, that, uh, and, and, and this was not for the tv title uh as i recall i don't even think this was yet like the tv title tournament uh this was 
Now, Nick Aldis did enter the TV title tournament or at first. He actually backed out before he entered it. He said it was because of he just wanted some extra competition. But um, uh, I saw that in the chat. Like, why would the champ be in a, a TV title match? But no, this was just an exhibition matchup between the two. It wasn't even for the World's Heavyweight Championship. And uh, like Rob mentioned, it went to the time limit draw. And you'll see here in the clips, uh, Ricky Morton comes out like Starks asked for five more minutes uh morton's gonna ask for five more minutes for starks but the champ declines uh which was not well received by the fans and it sets the stage for another really important match that may be on uh maybe on somebody's list out there but that was the uh the ricky morton nick aldis match which was so important that president william Pac patrick corgan did something that he rarely does and he actually came out to watch the the Morton and uh, Nick Aldis match, so th this sets the stage for another important chapter in the NWA uh, NWA uh, Power era, uh, with you know Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson being in the the, the tag title picture. Um, there was this really great exchange where now Aldis is talking about himself being one of the greats, and and uh, Ricky Morton comes out and name drops, you know, Terry Funk and Rhodes and Flair and Ricky Steamboat, and he makes the comment, you have a long road to hoe. Uh, and and there's this, uh, you know, there's a setup for the for the Morton Aldis encounter, which was another really, really, really fascinating piece of uh, kind of like, uh, you know, how uh, um, how uh, uh, Alliance, uh, how uh, Jay Cowan in the, in the chat earlier said that uh, Tim Storm and Jack Dangs represents the bridging of two eras. Um, and that's the case too with Morton and uh, and all this. But in this case, this was all this uh, and Starks going to the distance and putting on a great, great, great match. Very underrated. It's a it's a great example too of you know I'm I'm not a big fan of non finishes. I don't think any real wrestling fans are. But there are times like this where it does further a storyline and it does serve a purpose. And you know it it. it as much as it would have made sense for Aldis to go over, I mean, that going to the time limit draw elevated both guys, and it gave Aldis a chance to further his character, refusing the extension, uh, as you said, setting up, you know, something in the future with, with Ricky Morton. And so it's just a, it's a great example of, you know, just as you said, I mean, these two guys, um, and Aldis isn't old, but he's established, and Ricky Starks wasn't yet completely established. And um having that visual you talk about rick flair and sting that was kind of i remember even being a kid and seeing that when when i saw sting in the ring with rick flair at clash of the champions it just solidified sting in my mind like you're not in the ring with rick flair unless you are a certain caliber of person right he didn't he didn't really have like jobber matches at least when i was watching when he was at the level he was at so i mean the fact that the match even happened uh, and the fact that we got that visual of Ricky Starks in the ring with the world's champ did nothing but elevate everyone involved. And um, so it's it's definitely worthy. It wasn't on my personal list. I don't, I don't think either, but it's definitely uh, worthy to, to be on this list, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's kind of sad. I'm glad that the match kind of rolled in there at the end for us that, uh, um, cause, uh, it, it's, we, we had a few last minute changes once we started seeing how the list was playing out. And, uh, this match ended up being kind of a late entry into the uh, top five. I'm glad it finally made it there, uh, because it, it really is a clinic. Like, uh, doc said, it's, it's, a just a great 
match uh, from end to end and uh, and proving just how good a match can be even in that short amount of time, just what NWA power could can do uh, as a as a show so i was i was really happy to see it and uh yeah and like you said it really elevated ricky starks hell elevated him so far he left so uh but uh no we're we're happy for mr starks but we're sad too hey, anyway i wanted to drop in here real quick before we got much further and just uh, i know some people might be tuning in to see uh, uh the question of the day guy mark griffin his plan is to be here guys he he had some last minute um uh, situations in uh, he, he lives up in Maryland I think and he, he had some situations where he had to go out and um, <clears throat> take some keys to someone who got locked out of the car but this person happened to be about an hour away so he he is going to try to get back and jump in midstream if he doesn't make it we will promise to bring him back as we you know this is a guy that's got so much charisma and we want to do some stuff with him and uh, um, just oozing with positivity and just coolness and uh, if he doesn't make it tonight, and I'm hoping he will, but if he doesn't make it tonight, we'll make sure that he gets on here at some point if you're, if you're tuning in tonight to see him. Yeah, we love that guy. He's uh, full of positivity and definitely somebody we like uh, being around, just like you people, even you, Dr. Red Tyler. We we like having you guys around. So uh, let's see here. So, uh, yeah, I'm seeing some stuff in the chat. You guys keep throwing them in there. and We'll definitely talk about some of those matches that you guys want to discuss, especially after we get through this top five, because we'd love to know what you guys think and uh, see if maybe there's a way we can plan to, to get more of that input in the future as well. Uh, so let's, uh, fellas, if you're ready, let's move on to number four on the list. I don't have a fancy graphic for this one, so we'll just jump right into it. Number four on the list is from the superpower episode it came in with a strong amount of points at number four is strictly business versus villain enterprises and uh that matchup took place as the main event on uh power or superpower and uh it pitted thomas latimer and nick aldis versus marty skrull and brody king and uh those those guys, uh, this this all happened because of an invasion into, uh, if you were watching it at the time, just an invasion into the NWA from Marty Skrull. And it led to, of course, strictly business interfering in Ring of Honor business. And, of course, this then just caused a bunch of back and forth. So Nick Aldis had started, uh, he had been in a match previously with uh, PCO and pinned him in a, a match. He'd been at the Hard Times pay-per-view and pinned Flip Gordon. And so these were the two members of Strictly Business. I mean, technically, had beaten Marty Skrull at Crockett Cup 2019, but uh, they'd actually uh, were getting ready to face off against at each other against ugh, against each other at Crockett Cup 2020. And uh, he's never been in the ring with Brody King that I'm aware of. So uh, this was a pretty exciting match to see happen. Um, this one was actually high up on my list. I know, and then. Um, and, and to me, it was just because this was a a really, really solid tag team match. Like, these guys know how to go. And I, I, I attribute some of that probably to uh, the kinship that they share, uh, especially between Marty, Nick, and Tom, uh, that they all uh, kind of came up in the same areas and trained in the same places, that sort of thing. So they're used to working with each other. But a lot of just good ring psychology in this one, I thought. And uh, Stu Bennett 
on the call also really elevated it, I think. And uh, so this was just a, a quality tag team match to watch. But as I presented it, I know, Will, uh, you kind of jumped in too and, and were a big fan of this one. Was there something in particular that stood out to you or what, what were your thoughts? The whole thing, man. I mean, you, 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 you hit on it, but just the, the psychology, the storytelling in the ring, um, everything from, and you know, I'm a tag team guy. So this one was, I mean, I was giddy the whole match it felt like, but it was, uh, you know, if you watch, they, they do some spots where uh, they throw the guy in the corner and the, the, uh, the partner will kick him in the back with his knee. And they were kind of doing that back and forth from team to team. And then there was a spot where the ref uh, was telling him not to do that. Keep it in the ring. Like, don't, don't mess with the guys. And uh, wasn't looking and threw Marty across the ring and the ref wasn't looking and he slapped his hand and tried to say that Nick had, had, had kicked him or something like that. And it's just like stuff like that, which is like, um, you just don't see that a lot anymore. Guys trying to, um, you know, work in that kind of storyline and that deception and stuff like that. I mean, the one note that, that I do have, and I don't know if this is going to start anything this early between me and Rob, but that crowd seemed to be hot on Marty Skrull. And, uh, I, you know, but I don't what know. What happened was later on, after, after when they were producing this, the producers pumped in crowd noise on behalf of Marty Skrull. But uh, I was there, and, uh, you know, there was uh, it was deafening right, right. Uh, for Aldous and Latimer. Deafening. Yeah, I, I wasn't wearing my tinfoil hat when I was watching it, so I guess I was, the, the, you know, the satellite <laughs> waves were getting to me. Um, but, but I mean, dude, I mean, you know, one thing too, I noticed, I mean, just these, these four guys look great. Um, they look like professional wrestlers. They look like they carry themselves like they know what they're doing. And there's just something about when you got four guys in a tag team match and they all, and I'm not, this isn't discounting anyone else, but you know, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. When there's four guys in there, they're comfortable with each other. They're confident in what they're doing. They can put on a tag team clinic. Um, because they all work well together. I mean, I think Marty and Brody work well together, and they've been doing it for a while in Ring of Honor, so they've got great chemistry too. So it was just great chemistry all around. Um, I thought, um, yeah, I thought, I thought, I mean, Brody, <laughs> Brody looks huge. That was one of my notes. I, to, I mean, he just, in that ring and in that studio, I don't know if there's uh, really anybody that is like his size that's been in that studio on NWA power. I don't know, but he just looked like very intimidating in that ring, in that studio. And I thought that was a really cool touch, but I agree with you. And especially cause I always picture Tom being kind of that way, but Brody King actually towers over Tom, like yeah. standing next to each other. I picture like Tom being the muscle for strictly business. And you look at him next to Brody King, actually on the clip we're showing right now, you can kind of see it. Like Brody's got size on Tom. Like yeah. it's just it's pretty impressive, like seeing right, that guy up close. Thing. He's got he's got size and girth, and you know uh, there there was a discussion some time back about the NWA have not having big guys, and we're we're thinking, no man, Tom Latimer's huge. He's a monster. Nick Aldis is not a small guy. You know, Eli Drake and James Storm are not small guys at all. But uh, Brody is just huge. I mean, I mean he's he's girthy, huge, and definitely the biggest man in that ring. So. Yep. I will say, uh, for the sake of NWA fam, uh, it was good for me to see uh, Aldis and uh, Latimer come out on top. I was pulling for them in this contest. Will's right, though. That crowd was torn. Um, there were a lot of uh, 
fans. But it, that's I, I think that's a lot of a testament to the popularity of Marty Skrull and Villain Enterprises. Like uh, Marty Skrull's a star, man. He 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 is a star. That was uh, it was that's why it elevated the NWA for him to show up at Crockett Cup 2019. He had a lot of fans there as well. Uh, but yeah, now uh, Front Row is in the chat asking that we save the size and girth talk for after After Dark so we could <laughs> steer around that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway. This, this so. match had main event, main event feel to it. I mean, four big, very important guys, and, and it was the main event of Superpower, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. But really, really great. You're right. There was some crazy energy, uh, and I think, you know, WWE Front Row was there. He, he can tell you – um, there was just crazy energy in that building, and it was. I mean, honestly, the the crowd was was about even. Um, and uh, of course, you know, we're 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 over there yelling loud for all this, so we're we're drowning a lot of people out ourselves. But but um, it was a divided crowd for sure. Uh, I mean, Marty Skrull is over, dude. He is. People love him, and and he had a lot of fans in the audience. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't like when I first sat down to think about matches, and I don't know if it's just because of the way things went down and Superpower coming out later on into the quarantine period and all of that stuff. Uh, but it was like I had to like I had to start looking at the match lineups, the cards for each night of Power, because uh, I don't know. I just like it didn't it didn't like come right to me. But for some reason, right when I saw it, I was like dang, I got to go watch that match again because I remember those guys got after it in the middle of the ring. Like, they, they're they good. Uh, all of them are. So, anyway, glad I did because it definitely ended up being a uh, big deal for me. I, I thought it was worthy of its uh, number four spot on our top five list. Um, anything else to add about Villain Enterprises versus Strictly Business, fellas? Love to see more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully when we come back. All right. Well, that'll take us to number three on the list, uh, which is actually a tie. Uh, so first up, the we no matter what we did, we ended up with a tie somewhere. And so number three on our top five is going to be shared by two matchups. The first one of which is going to be uh, the tag team championship match between the rock and roll express and the wild cards this was on nwa power episode nine now i'm sure you all remember this this was actually after the infamous episode number eight of nwa power which uh was oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> know, it sounds okay. dumb so that's so they does go in order okay yeah i didn't have that <laughs> science <laughs> So they went from eight to nine. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Some people will tell you it's not an infamous episode, but it was uh, for a lot of us because it was like j directly after the Jim Cornette firing, and that episode just came up, and there were like no matches on there. I think there was like, what, the one match with an empty arena thing or something like that, maybe. Maybe it was something like that. But um, Is that when they did the, uh, the, the discussion of Thunder Rosa and her uh, MMA? Uh, yeah. Background. Yeah, I think they were saving that initially for like some kind of documentary footage, but they ended up uh, going ahead and throwing it on that episode. Just uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, you know, I'm not privy to the backstage goings on of the NWA, but 
In any case, uh, episode nine finally got us back into some more action and not a lot of action in this episode. This is like, there may have been like one more match in this episode, but this matchup took up most of your time. And uh, it was the Rock and Roll Express after so long uh, getting a chance to go for nine times as the NWA Tag Team Champions. And so that uh, is would be an impressive feat, especially at their age. Also put them in what, Rob? It would be like three decades, I think, of them being champions right. and uh, as a tag team. So uh, pretty incredible and no easy feat either because, I mean, they're up against Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs uh, at this time who were not known as Strictly Business, just the wild cards. Uh, we did not know what was to come with them, but uh, two very big, strong men in their prime. And uh, somehow Ricky Morton and Robert still uh, took them to task in this matchup. Uh, this ended up a pretty, pretty nice position on all of our lists. Uh, so, uh rob what 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 do you think about this one uh this is another one of those matches that's that's like the tim storm jack Stang or uh you know ricky starks nick aldis um rick flair Sting, which is a, a cross-generational match um one team that's just highly venerated and respected and skilled uh, but definitely you know they've got fewer great matches uh in front of them than behind them and then uh, the wild cards, who the sky is the limit for. I mean, we these two guys, Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer, just just incredible, incredible physiques, great ability, uh, great storytelling going on here. I think we were all, uh, you know, I, I I didn't expect Ricky Morton going back to the Ricky Morton Nick Aldis match. I, I wasn't expecting Ricky Morton to beat Aldis for the title, which he didn't. I wasn't expecting the Rock and Roll Express to win the titles on this. Uh, uh, but they they shocked the world, man. And it was just great for them to to, to see them hold those those classic um, gold NWA tag belts that they first won from Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev uh, is just pretty incredible, man. Very surreal. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, and I've we've unfortunately we've been uh, very saturated as of late from from wwe with these legends matches right with with undertaker and goldberg and guys like that and 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 unfortunately uh you can tell when they can't keep pace with whoever they're in the ring with you could not tell that in this match um if you weren't and here's and here's the thing too if you're if you're looking for it and you're dissecting it you can find it but it's a testament to tom latimer and Royce Isaacs because they were able to go in there and nothing about this match looked like they were taking it easy because the guys were older. Um, it, it felt real. It felt on pace with anything else you would see on power if if it was any two tag teams uh, in their prime. And, I mean, just the ring work, the, the tag team psychology again, um, the hot tags. I mean, there was a great hot tag spot. Um, and it just the the – the build up to that, I mean, Rock and Roll Express, as you said, have been doing it for three decades. They know what they're doing and they can do it in their sleep. So um, they they put on another great match. And, and it was interesting because it's kind of one of those things. It's like, like I said before, not to harp on WWE, but, you know, we've seen Goldberg win the title a couple of times, right, in the last few years. Each time really felt like a fluke. It really did. You can watch the match and you're like, okay, like it just had to happen and whatever. And you kind of gloss over it. When when Rock and Roll Express won this match, nothing in me thought that was not should not have been legitimate. You know what I mean? 
I mean, in that match, they they out wrestled the wild cards and they won the tag team titles. I mean, that was a great match. And you, you forget that they're they're at a higher age than everyone else. And you just you know, you just love the wrestling and you really feel um, you feel what they're trying to, to get over. And, and it was a great match. I mean, there was no way this wasn't going to be on my list. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the, it, 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 no matter what would go down as one of the best moments in NWA power history, just seeing these guys and, uh, you know, uh, for whatever folks want to say about Jim Cornette, I mean, him being a part of it in the ring with them, knowing the history between those guys, it really added this continuity to it that, um, you know, uh, there, there's going to be other matches like this where we discuss like the continuity of, what uh, what they bring to the table in NWA power, but this this really connected the new NWA with the old NWA, the classic NWA, the the '80s NWA, I guess it would be. Uh, and so that that earlier period that is uh, really familiar for a lot of people. And for what it's worth, man, the pop when Ricky gets that pin and that three hits the fans arms go up and uh it's in yeah. that studio man but it's it's like that feel of that uh like we talked about with the great american bash 90 when sting pin flair and and that sort of thing obviously in a smaller venue but uh it definitely worked just the same it felt like it what well, once they got that pin and the fans realized what was happening and history was being made right in front of them man it it, it it, it went over like gangbusters, like gravy cake, even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, then Jim Cornette comes in, you know, uh, given the history between Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express and uh, when when the belt's there. And, you know, this, I don't know, uh, Terry Mc, uh, McDermott will, will appreciate this, and he probably knows, but we are almost 35 years to the day from when the Rock and Roll Express won their first NWA World's Tag Team Championship. It was July the 8th, 1985 where they beat the Russians and win their first title. So three decades, again, comes full circle. We have uh, Rock and Roll Express pulling out that surprise, amazing victory. And then Jim Cornette comes in the ring as the titles are being presented. I mean, that <laughs> if that doesn't send uh, chills up your spine, then you're just not – you're not a human being. <laughs> it's crazy. No, that that's 100% true. Uh those guys, uh, not always the best history with each other, but it was cool to see the uh, the amount of respects shown between the two. And uh, seeing a guy like Cornette recognize the history shown uh, in a moment like this was, was a big deal. Uh, which, if you guys don't have anything to add about that, we can go over to the other number three match of the evening, um, which I think – Interestingly enough, I don't think that was the plan when I even put it this way, but if you want to talk about the transitional period or the, showing a, a connection to the past uh, with Rock and Roll Express winning the tag team titles, the next match that won our number three position is actually another match that represents a connection to a different period of the NWA, and that match is the no-disqualification, uh, no-holds-barred match, I guess, uh, between Jax Dane and Tim Storm at Superpower. Uh, so these two have a long-storied career or history with each other. Uh, Tim Storm actually 
becoming known as the first champion of this modern era or the 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 guy that had the belt at the beginning and um he actually won that belt from jacks dane back in those that time period that uh i i guess this would still probably qualify in that wilderness era that we talk about uh just just before uh the the reign of uh, or the era of corgan and Lagana when they they picked up the nwa so it was kind of interesting to see uh jacks dane show back up during this whole mama storm thing um and uh want to challenge again tim storm uh just uh to, to bring back that grudge i guess basically just no other way to put it he just still had a grudge against tim storm and they just wanted to fight and you knew going into this match these are two big hosses and they're going to fight it out and you want to see them just knock the crap out of each other and and boy did they did they deliver absolutely and i mean it's <clears throat> It's it's interesting because I mean if you follow Jack Stane on social media, I mean he he and Tim Storm are a lot alike. I mean they they got big hearts. They're all about positivity, um, you know. And then to see these guys in the ring just being these these monsters in this no DQ match is just a testament to their their ability to um, to to perform and their athleticism. Uh, obviously Tim Storm at the age that he is at. Uh, to be able to to be in a match like that, that's that physical was super impressive. Um, and I mean, I, this match definitely delivered. It was definitely one that I was excited for that. I, I another one I want to see again. I want to see, you know, I guess I don't know how many times they fought. I know that Tim Storm uh, won the title from him, but, uh, you know, I, I would I could see this match in this feud two, three more times. Um, because these guys have great chemistry. They know each other. You can tell they respect each other, and um, they they put on a great match. Yeah, big guys. This was uh, They were all over the arena. Um, we were actually there, and if you, you watch closely, you can see you can see Gary there wearing a green shirt and a toboggan, and then they go walk right up the ramp beside my family, and I scared the crap out of Petra. Um, <laughs> but it was, man, it was like, it was brutal. And those guys are big boys. <clears throat> yeah. Um, see, there, there's my family right there. You see me right there on the edge. There's oh, yeah. Over to the left there. Yeah. We'll see him. Oh, karate, uh, karate Rob right there. Yeah. Over to the right by Tim Storm's butt is uh, Camille's father, for anybody that doesn't know that. Uh, <laughs> you can see that. Rob, Rob you can see the – the, anxiousness for rob if he didn't have petra in his lap right there he would want to be in on this fight like he'd be jumping in between these two guys i feel like yeah 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 i was i was wanting to get <laughs> you seem sure of yourself rob that's the yeah, way i was wanting like to get it. some of jacks man i didn't like what i don't like the i don't like what he was saying about mama storm and with him and danny deal so i was going i was about to jump in and help my boy out <laughs> <laughs> but these two guys delivered, I thought. I thought it was really, really great. I wasn't sure what to expect, except that, you know what, you want to see. You just want to see them just beat the crap out of each other. And and they brought it, man. They they really, really brought it to each other. It went all over that arena and just and – they did not pull punches at all. Like, they were just laying it in, and uh, it looked good. It was a treat, too, man, because, you know, we, we've gotten used to the uh, – to the NWA surprising us with, with, with talent, you know, we're like Scott Steiner showing up out of the blue to, to Nikita Koloff showing up out of nowhere. And, 
And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't expect Jack Stane to be there. So it, it was a big surprise when uh, when Danny Deals brought him out from behind the curtain. And it was is really just like just like Jake House says, man, what a great story to tell of uh, this battle of two world champions, you know, representing two different eras. Uh, you know, if you want to put Jack Stane in that wilderness era, then he's the last of that breed. And Tim Storm is the first of the Corgan era, you know, and it just really fa fantastic story there. It's true. Uh, these these guys uh, and had a, had a nice good long match as well, and uh, and it just it gives you that connection back to that previous era, and it, it I love the idea that in a world where WWE so often doesn't want to treat its legends with respect or doesn't want to acknowledge anything that's happened before and i i feel like we probably talked about this a few times so i won't hammer in on it too much but just the idea that that this company under new management is willing to bring back a match like this acknowledging a feud from years before they were even in charge of anything that they maintain a period of time you know not even know about but they tried to give you that that insight this matchup and uh, so it was just uh kind of entertaining and just uh I, I appreciate that they let those kind of things go on there's sandoval and uh down there and mass fan in the audience yeah yeah they uh Everybody was there. They even attacked the Crockett Cup. I cut away from the viewing uh, thing. They, uh, <laughs> they go after the Crockett Cup for a minute. Uh, Jax gets thrown right into it. And uh, But anyway, so uh, a great match between Tim Storm. And uh, so good to see uh, both these guys make the top five. So, folks, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the first three. And we've got the uh, your final two coming up in just a second. I said I was going to do this before three, but I totally forgot. So, uh, let's jump in here for a minute and talk about, since we happen to know what our top two matches are going to be tonight, uh, let's tell the folks, that do, do you guys have some honorable mentions uh, you, you'd like to throw in there, some things you'd like to see? Actually, just to let you guys talk a little more, I'm going to tell you what I thought already, and I didn't have like specific matches. I can name a few, but I just feel like some recognition needs to go to three guys uh, that are that are in the NWA right now that I feel like are linchpin individuals right now in the company. And, uh, well, unfortunately one of them is already gone and that is Ricky Starks. I wanted to, at first when I thought of this, he wasn't making much of an impact in the top five list for whatever reason he did end up making our number five position, but Ricky Starks is a part of so many good matches from the power era, uh, including his run with, uh, with Zicky Dice. He has a great match with Matt Cross. He has a great early match with Trevor Murdoch in the uh, second episode of NWA Power, just establishing himself there. His All the way up to his TV title win um, at hard times and the promo he cut afterwards, just that guy just is outstanding and was a blue chipper for NWA Power. Um, the other two I'd bring up there who uh, – hopefully would not ever get overlooked that they don't appear in our top five. Uh, one I just mentioned, and that's Trevor Murdoch, and the other would be Caleb Conley. I think these guys are essential 
folks in the on the NWA power roster. Trevor Murdoch, when I was going back through matches, just looking at these things, that guy shows up in so many of my favorite moments in power. Just seeing his storyline of like seeking a contract at the very beginning of NWA power, I thought was a really cool thing and uh his feud with the question mark for a little bit there his feud for the tv title god if you want to talk about excitement will had mentioned one time when we were making up the uh the the list that a lot of the matches he was picking were ones that made him excited i was so excited to see trevor murdoch versus thomas latimer and i will say that i was a little disappointed that it was as short as it was because trevor did squeak out a a, a win out of nowhere on Tom, but, but they delivered when they locked up, man, that was like that ring moved with every single like attack they made on each other. And so it lived up to it. And Caleb Conley, my God, that guy just is, he's just so good. Like, I don't feel like people realize how good Caleb Conley is. And uh, when you go back and you watch the first episode of NWA power, he's in the second match uh, and he's against Eli Drake. He doesn't come out on top against Eli, but those two have a classic, just good old-school wrestling match, and it is fantastic. And then he'll go on later to have many more uh, all over the place, and including one with Matt Cross towards the end of the NWA Power Run so far that I thought was just outstanding. Like, just Caleb Conley, Trevor Murdoch, those guys deserve all the credit in the world. They are They are two of the best people on the NWA power roster. All right. I've talked enough. You guys go ahead. Go ahead. Will. Rob. Okay. Me, Will. I, well, I, I, I was going to let you go. <laughs> Cause I only have one honorable mention. So I'm going to let you cover. You probably got several. So you go ahead and cover yours. And then I'll let me, I'm going to tell you what was on my list. And then I've got two specifically that I, that, I, that are my honorable mentions. Um, there's so many, and, and gosh, I hate it's. It's like Gary said. It's it's like picking between favorite kids. There's so many gems on on every single episode, and then you go into like circled squared matches that are some some stuff there. But that's not really power. But um, I had a, a man. I had some some, you know. Just let me run down what 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 are we're just on the cusp of my honorable mentions, and these easily could have fit into this, but. Uh, there's uh, uh, in Power Episode 2, the Wild Cards versus Homicide and Eddie Kingston, man. What a great match. Great storytelling. Of course, anything that you put Eddie Kingston in is going to be fire. Um, episode 4, you had the great Ricky Starks-Aaron Stevens match. I know Aaron Stevens comes across as a comic character. Let's not forget, this is a legitimate, legitimate world-class athlete, and they put on a fantastic match. Um, and this is, again, very early in the Power era. And even though we've seen Ricky Starks before and prior prior to Power content, this is when Ricky Starks is just sort of getting his stamp um, uh, placed as a regular on Power. And this was a fantastic contest. There was the uh, Nick Aldis-Trevor Murdoch match in Episode 7 that's really phenomenal. Uh, obviously, the Aldis-Ricky... By Moore the way, that was, that was up there on my... Oh, my list. Rob, sorry to cut you off. No, and I was no, going to say, wait. you're 100% right about uh, Ricky Starks. One I forgot to say what I was thinking of him was that two out of three falls match between him and Aaron Stevens. I just, that's one of my favorite matches on, on power. But anyway, fantastic, man. Um, there was the, uh, the all this Ricky Morton match that we've already discussed. So I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll uh, 
push back this, and I hope I'm not stepping on Will here. I have a sense he might have picked this, but maybe not. Episode 17, Matt Cross versus Caleb Conley. Fantastic match, man. Gosh, crazy, crazy good match. Of course, again, Matt Cross is one of those ones like uh, like uh, Ricky Starks that anything he touches turns to gold. Um, there was the great Ricky Starks-Matt Cross match in episode 18. And then uh, – and, and so now my my honorable mentions um, – <laughs> Was that not – was that not what you were just Wait, doing? What was that? <laughs> yeah, these, this was my list that didn't make my honorable mentions, but sh- but could have. Okay, so my two honorable mentions. I got two that I really feel are really important, not necessarily always because they're the most technically sound, but because they further a character or a story. Uh, so one, we have the question mark versus Zane Dawson, and this is in that episode, uh, Gary, that you were referring to, uh, where they just had the one match and they did the Thunder Rosa MMA thing. And this was actually the mask versus the Shakespeare empty arena match between uh, question mark and Zane Dawson uh, question mark. We were only beginning to learn about the mythology behind Mongrovia. We weren't quite sure what all this was. We didn't know that they had weights of measures and that karate actually originated on, uh, on the Island, you know, on the, on the Mongrovian islands. And, you know, we, we, none of that mythology had emerged yet. So question mark was still very much, um, you know, a, a new thing to us, but he was immediately over. I mean, it's like the very first time he showed up, Gary can tell you he was there. Fans loved him. They just bought into it. And, and you know, I feel like question mark was not intended to be a mainstay, but because he was so beloved immediately, and uh, you know, it stuck and they had to keep him there. And, and remember he's partnered with Aaron Stevens. Who's, who's not a necessarily a good guy uh, and doesn't get much love from the audience, but you know, they would do this thing where Aaron Stevens would, try to get cheers and they boo him and then question mark would throw his arm up and people would go nuts. But this is a match. One, I love the Dawson's and uh, to see Zane and uh, question mark go out another two couple big guys again, fantastic match. If for nothing else, and it furthered the mythology and the legend of the question mark. Okay. So that's my number one honorable mention. My number two honorable mention features two of my favorite female athletes that I think, um, can be big time names and are two of the greatest in the game, bar none. And that is episode 12, Tasha Steeles versus Marty Bell. Uh, you want to talk about a great match, a scientific match, a match not between just two, um, just, you know, physically beautiful women, but two legit athletes. These girls aren't in there to be pretty. They're there to, to display athleticism and tell stories. And, and that Tasha Steeles match uh, with Marty Bell was, was, I mean, it's Greek mythology, man. It's so good. And that is on episode 12, if you want to go back and watch it, Tasha Stills versus Marty Bell. And that is my honorable mention number two. There, There is a triple threat, by the way, too, between uh, Ashley Vox, Marty Bell, and Tasha Steels. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's towards the later episodes. And I'm sorry I didn't have it pulled up right in front of me. But when I was going through stuff, I was like, this is actually a really good triple threat match. That They – uh they do a really good job. The women's division is strong in the NWA. We've, we've never doubted that. that. That's the one that I thought of too. You guys know my personal, and again, it's just, it's just preference. It's not anything like everybody's got their preference, but I'm not really big on three-way matches. I, I, I don't like those kind of gimmick matches. I'm more in line with the, you know, gentlemen's rules. And so for me, even though that was a great match and I like Ashley Vox too, Seeing Tasha Stills and uh, and Marty Bell hook up Mono Mono under gentlemen's rules, I love that. So, well, yeah. Will 
My one honorable mention, um, and this was one, this one was the reason our our list had to change a couple of times because I I just kept going back and forth, but uh, it was the, the TV title match between Zicky Dice and Ricky Starks. And I, and I, I wanted this on the list so badly because I love the TV title. I love Zicky Dice and I love Ricky Starks. Um, And I, I, I just, in my mind, it was a big moment because it's a title change. Um, But as I went back and watched it, and this is nothing against those two guys. uh, When I went and watched it in the scope of what we're talking about, great matches, the match itself didn't really deliver where I thought it should and where I know it could with those guys. And it was a little bit glossed over too. I mean, after Zicky won the title, he was cutting a promo and then Thomas Latimer came out and started calling out Joe Galley. They kind of glossed over it, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think there should have been a bigger deal made about it. So I wanted that on my list because I think as a moment, it was big, uh, that title change and, um, it's still having ramifications now um, just, you know, with Ricky uh, and I'm not saying that's why Ricky left. I'm just saying uh, there's a lot surrounding those two guys. And so with that feud and that title change, I feel like looking back on it, it was one of those things that it felt bigger looking back on it than when I actually went and watched the match itself, if that makes sense. Um, and so I, that was my honorable mention just because it's a TV title change. It, it should be, it should be a big match. Uh, I just wish it had been a little more over the top than it was. You know what I mean? Does that make sense to you guys? Absolutely. This is the first time that the uh, the TV title changes hands on power. So if for nothing else, that's that's important. Yeah, and they had a they had a six oh five time limit, and um, that was cool. Ricky Starks had defended successfully twice. Um, and so they were pushing the lucky seven and, um, and then, you know, Zicky just kind of stole it. And, and it was a little bit uneventful if you go back and watch it and again, it's not a knock on those guys because we all know what they're capable of. Um, but I, I just, again, I felt like it didn't, it was, it was early in the show. It was like the first or second match, um, easily could have been a main event and they could have given them more time and they could have made it a little more dramatic, um, but, and you know, we're not, we're not overly critical on this show of the NWA because we love the NWA, but I'm going to speak that, you know, frankly, from my opinion, and that's, that, that comes with me being an Arn Anderson guy and a TV title guy. I just, I do hold that title in prestige, even though I understand it's, it is the, the entry level title when you're looking at, at the hierarchy. Um, but I just think that that there should, that should be the dynamic title. You know what I mean? The one that can change hands more frequently, the one that can have kind of just fast paced barn burner matches week in and week out. Um, and so I, I wanted it on the list. My heart wanted it on the list, but then my wrestling brain, when I went back and watched it, I just couldn't, I couldn't put it on the list. I think part of probably what went into your thinking there too is, I mean, Zicky has done so much with that TV title and just with his, uh, just his personality and charisma just like throwing himself out there as the tv champion like so much since he won it it feels like there must have been some epic process that got him there yeah and and that's uh, and that's another just testament to his his talent that since that moment he's gotten himself and and the tv title over even more that in my mind just i was just like without going back and watching the match because it's been several months since i watched it I just assumed it was like an incredible, you know, title transition. And it just, it, it wasn't. So. 
Yeah, it's just uh, I, I get exactly what you mean, and 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 like you said, we we don't like to be overly critical, and we're just uh, uh, you know, whatever. We're we're uh, what's the word? The the quarterbacks like hanging out in our chairs. Uh, yeah, there's a word for that. I don't armchair. armchair. Why could I not think we're of just like the armchair quarterbacks hanging out in their armchairs? What's that called? I don't know. <laughs> uh but anyway anyway look look back but when they look back they have like perfect vision (laughs) yeah yeah what is that i don't know Uh, anyway uh no it it just it it is it is one of those things it felt like it was a bigger moment than it was and you're right it 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 was kind of glossed over i remember being in the uh studio at the time and when it happened being kind of like well, especially imagine when you're in the studio, if you're in Atlanta during that weekend, you just saw hard times. So you just saw Ricky win it. And so like literally like two days before. And so you're, you're getting to that moment. And you're like, wait, what, what's happening? Like did Zicky, that can't count like that. I don't know. It just, it, it's kind of, it was more of a shock than anything. It was just like, I, I can't believe that just happened. And uh, especially when you feel like Ricky's as on fire as he is. And so, anyway, it was an interesting uh, moment there that, that that happened. But you can't deny what Zicky's done since then. Like, he, is, he has made himself as known as anybody in the NWA uh, as far as that goes. So, uh, if you guys are ready, let's show everyone what our number of the NWA Power Legacy has to offer. Are we ready? Yes. All right. So coming in at number two, we talked about the strength of our ladies in the NWA. No different here. It is the women's championship match between Allison Kay and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Now this, it's surprising and not surprising to me because like, this is coming at number two. So we obviously think there's one that was had more impact, but this is a rematch. This is this is after their epic uh fight at hard times where Thunder Rosa won the women's championship from Allison K. And Allison K basically uh immediately cashes in the opportunity to get a rematch against Thunder Rosa. And this match is outstanding but i will say i do not think it was as good as their match at the pay-per-view i thought the pay-per-view match topped this match they have here and this match is a classic so uh you know for what that's worth like throw that pay-per-view match in there and you may have a number one but uh anyway i i loved it just it just shows that like i mean if you know, I hate to do this for like the podcast listeners, but if you're watching just the clips right now, you can just see these two ladies going at it, like technical wrestling, just, just all over the place. Just say, I don't know, just a quality, just showing they're as good as any dudes out there. They can have an epic wrestling match and, uh, and, and basically establishing why Allison K and Thunder Rosa are, and should be the foundations of an NWA in the modern era their women's division like the these two you talk about you know i've mentioned people that i think are just top quality essential members of the nwa roster and these two would be like right at the tip top of that uh in my opinion right we're not talking about you know uh 
two of the greatest uh, in the world. We're talking about maybe the two greatest in the world right here um, of anybody, Allison Kay and Thunder Rosa. And uh, I, I'm with you. You know, we, we, we weren't really evaluating pay-per-view matches. Uh, I think that one could – if we were, that match might have been number one on our list. <laughs> you know, Allison Kay and Thunder Rosa at pay-per-view. Uh, but fantastic clinic, man. Two phenomenal uh, just – Again, I mean, they're they're both beautiful women, but they're not out there to be pretty. They're out there to show you athleticism and to show you an amazing, amazing uh, match. And 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 they did they did not disappoint at all. They absolutely delivered. Of course, Thunder Rosa does that every time, as does Allison K. Thunder Rosa seemed to be wrapped up in a lot of uh, tag team title matches. Uh, you know, she would have appeared on this list more frequently, I think, if if she weren't in those three way matches and uh, or six man and, and tag team matches so frequently as as they were building this Melina storyline and, and this tension between Melina's camp and Allison K. But gosh, these ladies deliver every time. And this is uh, a match to be studied. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, um, <clears throat> I was, I was getting this and the hard times when I was thinking back in my mind, I was getting some of the spots and stuff jumbled together. Um, so I wasn't sure till I went back and watched it, this one by itself. Um, which you know what kind of stuff i was remembering but this match i mean as far as a match on power um a title match it i mean it was top notch all the way through i mean it was non-stop i was into it the whole time there was no lulls there was no anything and these and both of these ladies the thing about them is they're so believable in the ring And, and we talk about this a lot the authenticity we talk about the um just you know, I hate to say the the in character or anything like that, but just that that authenticity of their character really shines through when you see them in the ring together. And you can tell they're very comfortable together, that they work well together. Um, and so it's when that kind of stuff is apparent, it just creates this seamless experience that um, it's so easy as a wrestling fan to buy into. And so I, you know. I, I even if it wasn't a title match, it, it would have had the same gravitas to me um, because of the caliber of talent of, of these two ladies. I think too that uh, another thing, this match really illustrates a point that we make uh, on here frequently, and that's the importance of the uh, the uh, combat sports, the the performance sports aspect. Where you know, there's a storyline where where Thunder Rosa is, is allied with, with uh, Melina and Marty Bell and, and that faction, but she refuses to to win this match under shady circumstances. She refuses to fight under those terms. Thunder Rosa is, is an athlete, and she fights her own when it, when it comes to the championship. And uh, One thing that I've always loved about the NWA is whether you got personalities or you got heels or baby faces, we can argue that all day, but but our, our promotion is committed to the clean match, and, and that that was, was apparent in this one. Yeah, and both of them have that, that combat sport uh, background as well, which uh, really informs a lot of the stuff that went on here. There was a lot of, like, I don't know, I just, I, I, we were watching back the clips uh, here, I was just thinking of, like, all the limb targeting they were doing, and, like, just the, uh, there was a lot of, like, basic, wrestling 101 like the psychology that that should be in a match you would think and uh thunder rosa of course retains her title here um but uh yeah i don't i don't know man i don't know what else to tell you just i i don't think that there are any two better female wrestlers out there right now so i i would i would put these two against anybody 
Yep. hundred percent. All right, folks. Well, that uh, will take us to our number one match, unless you guys have something to add uh, with that. Uh, just a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well, I mean, actually, this is a great time uh, to talk about <laughs> manscaped.com. Rob's uh, had an experience now, I assume. I don't know. I don't know for a fact. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fantastic device. I mean, uh... <laughs> let's put him on the spot. <laughs> anyway, I thought you didn't I'm just technology. saying, you can see. <laughs> I don't own yeah, you. Can, Apparently, you, this one's just this was just lent to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need my uh, need my ball trimmer back, Rob. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if you want to get into awkward conversations with your friends, let them know about uh, Manscaped.com, where you can get uh, the nice new Lawnmower 3.0 with a ceramic blade, and uh, it. it it will not nick and cut. It is the best device for men's grooming out there right now. And if you use the code NWAPOD, you get 20% off and free shipping. It's fantastic. They even have ball deodorant, which I told Robbie needed last time I saw him. Uh, so oh, man. They, they, and they got, they've got, yeah, they've got doggone creams and, you know, lotions and moisturizers. and, <laughs> and Yeah, just everything. Everything. Yeah, you just see if you want to get proper attention down there, you want to give yourself proper attention and also the love you make is healed to the love you take or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a delicate enough for down there, but also strong enough for your beard. <laughs> That's true. It could. It could work on your beard. And, uh, I mean, or so I'm told. Go. So I'm told. Uh, it's just that you can't love anybody else until you love yourself. So love yourself. Go to manscaped.com. NWA pod, 20% off and free shipping. All right. Uh, so I guess this is as good a time as any to uh, jump into uh, our number one matchup of the evening. Some of you may have guessed it already. I saw the predictions in the chat room. Uh, but as we fall into the number one position, you'll find that no match triumphs over NWA Power Episode 1, Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm for the World's Heavyweight Championship. This was literally number one on all three of our lists. There was none higher. Rob, we know why you think so, so I'm going to throw it to Will first to, to let us know his thoughts. I mean, continuity, bridging the gap. For me, it was, you know, I got hooked into 10 pounds of gold and this feud, uh, I viewed this feud from uh, from afar, so to speak, because, I mean, 10 pounds of gold, don't get me wrong, was, was very in-depth and very detailed and you felt like you were a part of it, but it was a docuseries and, you know, it would cover highlights of the matches and stuff like that. So I, I didn't feel like I got to in real time live the Nick Aldis and Tim Storm feud. And I was a little bit sad. I think I told you this, Gary, when we were kind of talking, when I first got in to NWA and, and was watching, I think, Gary, you and I reviewed uh, Power Episode 1 and 2 together on the Power Rewinds here on this channel. Go check that out. That was my first 
appearance on this channel um, if you're interested. But uh, it, it was it was just so cool for me to see that continuity. And one of the highlights for me from 10 pounds of gold was the fact that, uh, that Tim storm didn't just immediately drop the title. Um, and he even talks about that, that he, uh, you know, Billy Corgan and David Lagana came in and he just assumed like, Oh, I'm out. You know, that they're gonna, they're gonna put the belt on whoever they want and blah, blah, blah. And, and that didn't happen as we know. Um, and he is still very much a focal point uh, of the NWA. So giving him this spot on the first NWA power and having a world's title match as the main event um, was such a big deal for me as I was watching it. And so as, I, as you mentioned before, I, did, I, I ranked these matches in the order that they excited me. This match excited me more than any other match that happened on power because of everything I just mentioned. Not to mention, by the way, just the fact that you, I remember just the excitement going into this and I, and I, I traveled to Atlanta to be there for it. I got to interview both men sitting in a press conference beforehand and both guys were so respectful and cool and you just couldn't understand how somebody could lose. Like it just, and that's a feeling you just can't top in wrestling. Like when you get to the point that you're like, this is this man's last shot at this title. And also Nick Aldis is the champion, like the champion for the modern era. There's both of these men have to win this match. There's no way that one of these men doesn't win. Like you, you it just, it can't happen. And I just remember feeling that and I had no idea. And it was just impossible to top that anticipation uh, just uh you can even see me in the background of the clips just being like what's happening like i just don't know i've never i don't know that i've ever been more into a match than i was was this one live it was just outstanding this and like the marty scroll crockett cup match i just never felt so much emotion yeah this is uh you know we, we've talked about uh all this and and when they write the the history book years from now what are going to be his great feuds and uh we don't know yet if we've seen his version of Flair Dusty, Flair Steamboat, Flair Holly Race, uh, because you've got other guys that, that, that can potentially go in there and do that, like Eddie Kingston or uh, Trevor Murdoch can have great stories and, and, and build a great uh, future with, with all this. But there's no doubting the mutual respect between uh, all this and, and uh, Tim Storm, no doubt about it, regardless of what's happened in there with, with Strictly Business or, or whatever. They have a uh, just profound respect for one another as competitors. And this match was Ric Flair, Harley race, man. I mean, it was, it, it's fantastic. Not, not that it was like star kid 83, but it has that level of, of importance in, in, in terms of just the gravity of the feud. And, um, you know, it, it's not that Nick Aldis is new to the business. He's been around since 2007, eight, nine, somewhere around there. So he's been in, you know, for 10 plus years, but, uh, as a, a still a relatively young man, who's early on in his championship days, even though he's held the belt for 900 days combined reigns, you know, we're still building his legacy. And, and, and no doubt when you look back, you're not going to be able to, just to, to emphasize how important Nick Aldis was to Tim Storm, but how important Tim Storm was to Nick Aldis also for establishing Nick Aldis as legitimate and the, and the real world's champion. Um, not just holding the belt, but really being a man who can defend the belt and, and do so on a, on a world-class scale. Um, this was an important match, man. And, and what a way to start out the power era. 
which we're still in, by the way, guys. It's not like the power era has ended. We're just, you know, we're just on a pause. But uh, uh, but so far, this this was the appropriate beginning to this era, and uh, this it, it, this match tower over towers over all others uh, when it comes to importance. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, this is the top five of NWA power so far. Uh, so that's uh, that's how we're looking at this thing. And uh, WWE Front Row echoes your sentiment with a, a really nice uh, statement here. This match really set the tone for the new NWA and told the world that they're back in a big way. Um, the I think that's really it. It was like this from start to finish. I mean, obviously the world's heavyweight champion has to be a part of that, but he goes out and cuts the first promo which really sets the tone promo-wise and what you can expect emotion-wise and just the attitude. And then that match, you see that match between those two dudes going at it, and it's like, all right, if this is, if this is what this is. And I mentioned earlier the Caleb Conley and Eli Drake match. I mean, I thought that match was a great, like, technical wrestling match. But then, yeah, you get this one and just the attitude and the emotion and everything involved – uh man it was it was great and and just the excitement the the uh the not being able to anticipate what's going to happen from moment to moment not only in the ring but just you know the like camille taking the the shot outside the ring and and going down like you're like that's out of nowhere like it that gives it like a little more edge you're like okay anything could happen uh not, not the least of which is also I uh, see in the chat people asking about never uh, James Lawrence Mitch's I never understood the low blow that was out of nowhere you're like Tim Storm the the ultimate baby face gives Nick Aldis a low blow in the middle of the match and to me that always stood out but it was more of a at that moment for me just to address it I think that that was a statement to how important this moment was like how desperate Tim Storm was to win that he needed this title. He couldn't let this be the last time he got close to it. And so he was willing to just go all the way and, and cheat to win if he had to. He had to do something. So anyway, uh, just I, I, I could talk all night about the Tim Storm-Nick Aldis match. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a main event for Power Episode 1, literally what, what two guys would have been bigger? They did it right. I mean, that, that match should have happened, and, and it was great. Yep. Um, so, folks, that's our top five matches of the NWA Power era so far. Uh, we'd love to hear yours. So, uh, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, drop them in the comments. Drop them in the chat right now. We'd love to get to talk to you guys about what you like. Uh, and we're about to head into the after after dark section of the program where we just hang out with the chat room. So if you're listening to this on the podcast later, that's a part you're going to miss out on if you don't jump in and come hang out with us live. And uh, we uh, we love you guys and appreciate you listening and everything. We know not everybody can make it here and sometimes it's easier. That's how we all take in most of our entertainment is just hanging out and listening to stuff as we go around. But uh you know, if you could ever join us live, it's a lot of fun just hanging out with these folks and uh, chatting about whatever comes up. We have some pretty interesting conversations, and they're not all about Rob's ball here. So uh, <laughs> we hope you'll be able to hang uh, out. Uh, 
But what we're going to do here is we're going to wrap up the podcast portion. We're going to move into the after after dark section, get some of the chat rooms thoughts on top NWA matches and any other stuff they want to talk about. Before we get there, though, Rob, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, uh, at rstinson4. I'm on Instagram at rdstinson4, and I'm on Facebook at Robert Stinson. I'm not hard to find at all, guys. My content comes on uh, on uh, this channel here. Uh, this is the NWA podcast. Uh, every Friday, Piper's Notes drops, and uh, of course, we've got a an episode coming up here in a couple of days. Uh, and uh, and then you can see me here every Sunday night and Tuesday night. And Will. Yeah, at Hey It's Will on Twitter uh, with one L. Um, at Hey It's Will on Instagram. Uh, TikTok at Real Hey It's Will. Um, and right here on this channel. So uh, stay tuned. Absolutely. And I am Matt. This is Gary Horn. The podcast on all social media is at the NWA pod. And folks, just a reminder, you've got until Friday uh, to head over to the nwapod.com to hit that shop up for some hot new hashtag NWA fam merch. It is marked down to basically cost right now and $5 flat rate shipping. You can get whatever you want. Shirts, tanks. Uh, what else? I don't know. I got some stuff. A coffee mug, a sweet coffee mug. I have it right here in front of me. And uh, just, just, all the, all the cool stuff. So you want to get that stuff for as cheap as you can right now. Nick Aldis has this stuff. He was sporting it on his Instagram today. Uh, so you got to be on the lookout. More people are going to have this stuff to come. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled. You want to be part of the NWA fam community. That's why we mark this stuff down. But also, we're losing money doing it that way. So we're going to have to like put the uh, money. We're going to mark the prices back up at, on Friday so that we could, you know, so that our wives don't hate us. Uh, but I see Pam Fisher got her hashtag NWA fam shirt today. Congratulations. Hey, can I Pam. say something about uh, polka dot Pam here? One of the coolest things about doing this, uh, doing this, uh, um, the survey of, of top five power matches was seeing Pam Fisher and Heather Hunley and, uh, and the other members of the hashtag NWA fam in the audience. It's really good to see them again. And, uh, can't wait to see them in person. Nice. And I see uh, people mentioning they got their tracking numbers and everything. So, yeah, it should all be going out right now. And uh, we, we love you guys. So thank you so much for the support. And, of course, you can also at the NWA pod. We recommend getting the NWA fan merch. But if you just want to buy us a beer and drop us $3, you can do a one-time donation just to the show to help us pay for having a website and hosting a podcast and all that stuff. We do appreciate that as well. All right. So we're going to move into the after-after show portion Thank you, podcast, so much. Guys, stick around. Let's talk about whatever you guys want to talk about from here on. But to the podcast listeners, thank you so much, and enjoy your gravy cake. Mm -hmm.